Hello and welcome to the ICANN Community Church Podcast with me, your host, Bishop Wayne Malcolm. ICANN Community Church is situated in London's East End and comprises a youthful and diverse congregation. For details, visit our website at www.icancommunitychurch.com. But now, join us in one of our live services where I'm teaching transformational truths from the Bible. Genesis 11, Genesis 11 verses uh, 1 through 4, and I'll maybe just tell you what I was going to preach about, then we can maybe take it on next week. Now, the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly, They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And all the people said, amen. Just pray with me before we begin. Father, we are so grateful for your presence and your mighty power at work in our lives. Thank you that you chose us to be part of this generation. That none of us is accidentally or coincidentally present on planet Earth. But we were released very deliberately and strategically in this place at this time. And we are asking for understanding, consciousness, revelation of our purpose and the power that is in us. In Jesus Christ's name. And all the saints of God said, Amen. Okay, so the Tower of Babel, the Tower of Babel story, Genesis 11, um, I think has been much misquoted and misused. Um in an attempt to discredit human effort. You know, it seems, it seems very convenient for those who promote the pie in the sky to point to the Tower of Babel as a futile attempt of man to build something in the name of man for man. However, as I think I shared with you the last time, the Babel project was a good idea, just had bad intentions. There is a difference between a good idea and a God idea. A God idea will be a good idea for God reasons. We know that the Babel project was a good idea because of the striking similarities between Babel and the day of Pentecost. At Babel, they were in one place speaking one language. At Pentecost, they were in one place with one accord. At Babel, they conspired to build a city and a tower and a name 
But at Pentecost, they had been in, uh, I'm probably going to call this a strategy meeting, the whole of Acts 1. They are conspiring to expand the kingdom of Christ around the world. At Babel, God came down and confounded their languages and divided them. At Pentecost, God came down and changed their languages to unite them. The reality is that the model for building a kingdom is the same model that God has used in Pentecost as Nimrod used at Babel. And God's verdict at Babel was they have started to do something that if I don't stop it, nothing that they imagine to do will be impossible for them. So what was the good idea? And I'm going to go very deep in a few minutes. What was the good idea? Well, the good idea was to build a city. That was a good idea. Uh, it's a good idea because it marks a meaningful stage in the evolution of civilization. It takes people from savagery to civility. Gives us, gives us a set of common interests. And when people are shareholders or stakeholders in a project that's bigger than them, they're less likely to tear it down. Isn't that right? We're less likely to turn on each other if we all have an interest in all of us surviving. So... It was not only a good idea, it was brilliantly executed. Uh, let me explain what I mean. I mean that the king of the project was Nimrod. Okay? Nimrod. But he has sold the vision in such a way that the people have embraced the vision as if it were their own. Because at no point in Genesis 11 is Nimrod telling them to build a city and a tower. It is them saying to each other, let us build us a city. Let us build us a tower. Let us make us a name. Which means he has sold the vision in such a way that he has convinced everyone that it is in their personal interest for us to build a city and a tower. And when people have personal interests in a collective initiative, we have transitioned from savagery to civility. And we are in a much better place because of the simple power of collaboration. So I kind of said that to say this, that if your vision is something you can execute all by yourself, your vision is too small. If what you're dreaming about is something you can do by yourself, your vision is too small. If, in fact, it requires cooperation and collaboration from others then you're going to have to make it in their own interest to participate. 
You're going to have to sell this vision in such a way that they can see an interest in participating with you. Is that making sense? And Nimrod is very skillful in the way that he has cast the vision because the people are now saying, this is our city. It's not his city. It's our city. It's not his tower. It's our tower. That was the collective aspiration. Now, let's all say collective aspiration. Okay, but the justification, the justification to the aspiration is we build a city, we build a tower. The justification was a common threat. Let's all say a common threat, right? Because it takes more than aspiration to get people working together. There has to be a justification for it. And typically what pulls us together is the presence of a common threat. So... In the verses we read, he says, let's do this lest we be scattered upon the face of the earth. In other words, there is, there is a potential threat. We could potentially be scattered. So we're going to have to build this to protect ourselves from a common threat. And if I had time, I'd talk about common threats and why they are critical to, to facilitate great leadership. See, if, if we don't... If we don't sense a common threat, we, we don't embrace a collective idea. So the reason why the civil rights movement was so successful is that African Americans faced a common threat. Uh, today, they don't because some folks are doing better than others and therefore the threat is not common. Therefore, there is no new Martin Luther King. There is just a voice screaming on Instagram or Facebook, working with a group who sends a common threat, but it's not common to everyone. So any of the movements that tend to really gain momentum start with helping people to realize that you are equally at risk. Okay, And when, when you realize that you are equally at risk, then all of a sudden that voice starts making sense. It's one of the things that I'm having to say in the emerging world. Woo! I'm having to say, look, please don't make the mistake that has been made in the United States and in these other places of assuming that just because you have made it, you are okay. Because if you do not actively engage in creating a more prosperous society, it is a matter of time before the poor break down your security wall and eat you for dinner. It's a matter of time before the poor eat the rich. And so it's in the interests of every person that is doing well to participate in the creation of more opportunity and a better set of circumstances for everyone. Otherwise, we're all at risk. Now, once we all get this sense of, oh my gosh, this is actually involves me, now we start participating. And that's the skill of executing leadership, is, is showing everyone that they have an interest in this thing working out. It's like today, some of you are like, oh my gosh, it's Entrepreneur Sunday. Well, look, you know, I'm not even into entrepreneurship, yeah? I'm just into my thing, yes? Yeah? So as long as I get my rent paid, as long as I get my stuff done, I'm cool, in it? I don't know why I came to 
church today? Because it's just boring, man. You didn't know I was in your head, did you? <laughs> okay? But actually, if people in here do not win in business, this is going to affect you and your children for generations to come. Because just as, so that even if you didn't want to be in business, doesn't matter, help someone else get where they're trying to go because you have an interest in, in some other people winning. Why? Because actually, you know, uh, the evolution of civilization is like a moving train. It actually doesn't stop moving just because you stop. You know, new technology doesn't stop coming into the scene. Political and global factors don't cease just because you jump off the train. If you jump off the train and you stop moving at a certain pace, the world just moves ahead of you and you'll find it even more difficult to get back on board the train. So we all have a vested interest here and this is what's quite remarkable about Genesis 11, that it starts by creating this common interest. Now why the intention was bad, it's very simply because Nimrod was actually trying to create a godless society. He wanted a godless city. And his idea was that we will build a city to protect ourselves and we'll build a tower as an insurance policy against another flood because this is the generation that had survived the flood. So if God thinks he's going to flood us again, well, we'll outsmart him. We'll get up in the tower, and this will be our insurance policy. But why build the city? The city because, uh, because we simply need everyone participating in a project, and we need everyone to become stakeholders in everyone's success and survival. So this gives the actual earliest, the earliest, rationale behind the building of cities. All cities were built for the protection and the prosperity of its people. All cities. Now they were built for kings. Now let's, let's just, they were built by people but they were built for kings. And kings, kings wanted them not only for the prosperity and the protection, but also for their posterity. For the, the, they were building monuments to their own magnificence. In some cases, kings built cities um, uh, as, as military fortresses simply to protect their own interests. And they would fill these cities with icons and images and monuments to their greatness. And this was the whole evolution of, of a city. And this is what Nimrod was trying to do. So uh, the idea of protection and prosperity, of, of security and prosperity... Those are great ideas, but that's why the cities were built. And that is fundamentally a good idea when you realize how many threats are out there. It's actually a good idea for us to be in a protected space and in a prosperous space. Uh, it's a, it's, that's the idea of a family in the first place. That's ultimately what a family is. A family is like a microcosm of a city, right? In that you have your home, you have your family, and the reason you have the home is for the protection, the prosperity, and the posterity of your family. Can I hear an amen? amen. And God here shows us what are the essential ingredients to successfully building a city. They are, number one, 
Watch this now. The whole earth was in one place with one language. Woo. So common ideas and common language is the starting point for building something monumental. Common ideas and common language. Communication. Because if we can't communicate, we can't collaborate. If we can't communicate, we can't cooperate. If we can't cooperate, we can't build anything bigger than ourselves. We can't build anything that will outlive us. Remember, if you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, then run together. Isn't that right? And so, uh, you know, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. So very important that we can communicate, at least communicate our idea, uh, communicate its advantage for everyone. And we have to be communicating in the same language and embracing the same idea. And if enough of us can do this, if enough of us can do this and unite in our resolution to create something that benefits us all, God says, you are unstoppable. You, you cannot be stopped. Woo. But by the same token, in this passage, this passage explains exactly how you destroy the potential of a people to achieve anything meaningful and lasting. How do you destroy it? You confound their language. And you make sure that they cannot communicate, cooperate, or collaborate. Once you divide them, you have conquered them. Once you divide them, the project stops. Once they stop talking, once they cannot communicate, once they stop understanding each other, the project has stopped. And so the devil's work is quite easily cut out for him in the sense that he really doesn't have to attack your business. He doesn't have to attack your idea. He has to attack your ability to communicate, connect, and collaborate with other people. That's all he has to do. He doesn't have to attack the idea because the idea is being supported by your ability to communicate, connect, collaborate, and cooperate with others. And if he can shut you down there in that area and make you difficult to get along with, or in fact convince you that you don't need to get along with anybody else, that you can do this entirely by yourself, if he can get you thinking that way, then he can shut down the project. Didn't Jesus say something like that? House divided against itself is what? Right. So, so, so right now, just in five minutes, I'm just going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hurt the devil really badly. I'm going to have to hurt him right now. I'm going to explain why, why, why many of us have not gone to the next stage. We've not gone to the next stage because, because this idea of divide and conquer has really gotten into the fabric of our way of thinking to where we would rather be the head of a mouse than to be the tail of a lion. And we... we don't understand that real business success is like a mosaic of lots of different pieces coming together to form a big picture. And if you listened to, to Brother Cole, Brother Larry Cole speaking today, he explained that he had the idea. 
but he immediately went out to find those people who could either finance it, resource it, collaborate with it. He, the idea was too big for him to do it all by himself. He needed other people's time, money, experience, uh, networks, relationships. He needed all of it and had to go out finding it in order to bring it together. He didn't try to do the whole thing by himself. He began to build those relationships. So, so here's the deal that that in any business, any business at all, there's going to be uh, either a supply chain or a distribution chain. There's going to be a chain of other companies that are involved, right? There's going to be other individuals who represent their own interests who are going to be involved, and you're going to have to make your thing of interest to them in order to bring them on board. Does that make sense? So that any community that is totally individualistic and self and self-centered simply cannot flourish because it violates every basic law of human achievement documented in the Bible or in any other place. We then have to, in this house, model the idea of supporting each other even if we can't see an immediate interest kick back to ourselves. That actually, even if one of us is making strides in a particular direction and all you can do is pray, then pray. But guess what? If one of you brings out the album, then we're all going to get the album. Is that making sense? If one of you brings out the book, we're all going to get the book. And the reason we're all doing this is because we've got to break a generational curse that is particularly relevant to much of the people that are looking at me right now. We have been unable to achieve greatness because we have been our own worst enemies fighting ourselves like crabs in a barrel when we could have been collaborating and assisting each other to make progress. It's really good. It's actually so good, it's just like, I don't know how we did that in 15 minutes. That was just brilliant. So, let me say that there's no such thing as an independent city. Did you know that? Like all the cities of the ancient world were, were popular for their dominant trade. They had, they had, they traded. They had dominant trade, and because they had a dominant trade, they were connected to other cities by trade routes, which allowed merchants to come and go. So that all of these cities are connected to other cities because no one city has everything that any one city needs. So therefore, you can't be the jack of all trades and the master of anything. You have to master something, uh, you know, in order to secure your position in the network of cities. You have to have mastery. So they would focus on their dominant trade and establish routes with other cities so that merchants would come and go which means that all the cities are connected by these roots. And if you wanted to kill a city, if a king wanted to kill a city in the Bible, he cuts off its connection to other cities and he besieges the city. And once it is besieged, nothing can come in and nothing can go out. It is a dying city. It's a matter of time before it's dead. That makes sense? So your Business, by the way, is a social economic city. 
Woo! It's not a geopolitical city, but it is a socioeconomic city because it's a kingdom. Your brand, your, your organization, your idea, it, it very much is. And its life depends on its connectivity to others. And if we can cut you off from others, then your business is besieged. If I had time, I'd tell you the Jericho story from a, from a, from a, through an economic lens. The man on the Jericho road. Did you, you know the Good Samaritan story? A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Well, how did he do that? Because there's a trade route from Jerusalem to Jericho. Because Jerusalem re relies on merchants. Jericho relies on merchants. He's going along a trade route. Surprise, surprise, who's hanging out on the trade routes? The thieves. Why are the thieves on the trade route? Because you either have money or you have goods on that road. Right? So, so your connection to another city is what's keeping your city alive. Therefore, the devil plants his thieves in the connection. And will do anything to disrupt your relationship with other commercial centers. Here's the funny part of the story. By chance, a priest went down that way. I love that. You know why? Because it's a pure accident that the priest was going that way. Because that's the whole problem with the church. We are accidentally moving through the business route. We're not deliberately positioning ourselves in these routes where the devil is positioning thieves to break up the trade that would create an economy for our nation. We accidentally pop in and out of it in a sermon once a year. Likewise, the Levite, accidentally. But the good Samaritan, it says, he journeyed. He had money with him. Oh, God, help me now. He had money with him. And he had a vehicle with him. Which is why when he found the man that was beaten and robbed and left for half dead, he was able to put him on his own beast, which was his own vehicle, take him to an inn and pay his hotel and medical fees because he wasn't accidentally in the trade route. He was intentionally in the trade route. And the church now has got to move out of the accidental presence in the marketplace to an intentional presence in the marketplace because if we are not intentionally present in the marketplace if me as a preacher am not intentionally present then I've left the space open for thieves because the thieves are intentionally present in the trading routes not in the temple in the trading routes not in the prayer meeting, in the trading routes. Oh my God, this is just too good. Yeah, it needed a whole sermon, and we didn't have time for a whole sermon, so you're gonna have to stand up because we're just gonna, and we'll pray over you, and we'll pray over you right now, and we'll pray against all the thieves that are trying to disrupt your trade. All the thieves that are trying to disrupt your trade. How many of you, how many of you felt that, that there are thieves trying to disrupt my trade? 
And every now and again, accidentally, the church goes past it. But when the church goes past it accidentally, all it does is look and say, so sad. I got no time to help the brother. And it carries on. We need to be intentionally present in the economy of our people. Because the devil is intentionally present there. He does not care. I know it's going to hurt somebody. He does not care how loud or how long you speak in tongues. He really doesn't. He doesn't care how loud you sing your song. It doesn't really bother him. But if you actually create value and bring it to market and start creating wealth and this becomes a prosperous house that is able to finance its own initiatives, that hurts the devil badly. So he has very deliberately positioned the thieves in your business relationship and dealings. And we are very accidentally passing that way, noticing that you are hurting, but doing nothing about it because we were never intentionally in that space. Well, this ICANN Community Church is intentionally in that space. And today we are going to come against every thief that has come against your personal economy, every thief that has come against your ability to trade, every thief that has disconnected you from your next customer, from your next supplier, we're going to come against it in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands up high to the Father. In the glorious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we declare that no, no thief, no thief will disrupt your trade. No devil will disrupt your ability to trade. You will trade in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, we declare that the body of Christ, the Good Samaritan, is present in your trade routes, present in your personal economy, intentionally, to frighten away the thieves, to pick up the fallen, to repair those that are broken, to pour in the oil and the wine, and to restore, to restore your personal economy to the place that God intended it to be. Father, we're praying for every business that is represented here today, every city that is represented here today, every Jerusalem, every Jericho that is represented here today. We are praying in the name of Jesus that no thief will disrupt their trade, but that they are going to begin to experience buyers and sellers coming and going, freely coming and going, moving, coming and going. In the name of Jesus, let the investment they seek be freed up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let the customers and clients they seek appear in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, be glorified in our businesses. Be glorified in our economy. Be glorified in the prosperity and the protection of your people. And this we have prayed in the name of Jesus. And all the saints of God said amen. Hallelujah. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, let's build a city. Somebody said, you know, I, 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 I'm not comfortable with that language, Bishop. That's like Genesis 11 language. Well, well, the Bible says of Abraham that he looked for a city whose builder and maker is God.
God himself refers to the body of Christ as the new Jerusalem, a bride adorned for her husband. He calls us his city. Cities are God's idea. Just because the devil takes a God idea, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. It is our job to create a system that supports our families, that supports our children's children, that supports our growth. We create those systems and we do this primarily through individuals like you creating value, bringing it to the marketplace. The devil knows it, so he's got the thieves waiting on your Jericho Road. But we are not accidentally going to walk by. We are intentionally present on that Jericho Road to make sure that your business wins and your business succeeds. One more time, give God a great praise offering for that. Hallelujah. You've been listening to a live sermon at ICANN Community Church. We hope that you feel inspired, informed, and empowered take your life to the next level. We want to build a relationship with you, whether you attend ICC or not. Of course, we would love for you to visit or even to join. But if that's not possible, we can still stay in touch. Go to our website at www.icancommunitychurch.com and subscribe to our mailing list for updates on special events which may be coming to an area near you. Until next time, this is Bishop Wayne Malcolm saying God bless you.